Hello? Hello? It's us. I don't know if you accidentally left your podcatcher subscribe to On the Island for the last couple of years, but if you did, look who's back in the feed, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We're back on the island, season 42. I'm Taylor Gaines, and with me, as always, little do you guys know, he hasn't left my side for two years. He's just been sitting in front of his microphone. Sometimes I'm not even there, but he's always sitting here. (laughs) It's the man, the myth, the legend, Tyler B. Commons. Yeah, I got these nasty bed sores just from sitting in my desk chair for two years. Like, I try to roll over every six hours, but sometimes I forget just waiting for you to come back. People don't know this, but I actually have been in physical therapy since the last time we recorded uh, because of sitting at my desk. Turns out oh, no. COVID, uh, people might have heard of it by now, COVID. Um, it drove <laughs> me into a work from home situation in which I huddled myself over a desk for like the better part of two years. So I started getting really bad back pain. And as you know, we were already in our mid 40s when we stopped recording. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was in and out of physiotherapy. I got this fancy desk chair now. You know, I'm all set up. So no bed sores oh, for me. I can see it. I know I know our listeners can't see it. It looks pretty space ace. He's got like a like a head mount that he can lean back in. I'm sure there's some lumbar support down there. Oh, you know uh, there's lumbar support. <laughs> Gotta support those lumbars. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how you been doing, Ty? Man, I'm trying to think the last time we recorded my would you have ever guessed Everybody, that the last th- time just, we recorded would have been like we would have barely missed any survivor? Like we stopped recording at the end of season 40 and we're like, we're going to take a little break. And then we somehow only missed one season, despite it yeah, being two years, <laughs> despite it being two years and just two years of insanity of like I, my life has changed in so many ways. I think I've moved two states since the last time we recorded. <laughs> and it, it's like. Just so many different things have happened, and there was a while where you couldn't go outside and you couldn't see anybody, and then depending on where you are, you could see people, but you still had to like stay far away from them, and then in some places, it's like, hey, let's eat in the middle of the street. <laughs> it, yeah. was just, it was weird. You've moved two states. I think I've maybe moved two miles, so mm. uh, I have also moved technically, but yeah, I've I've been in Florida the whole time, so not much changed here at all for most of two years. It was more like self-imposed like if you wanted to be safe you would stay inside or if you felt extra cautious or you had a big event coming up and you just didn't want to get sick you would follow like all the protocols and like i think me and my family stuck pretty hard by the protocols until we got vaccinated but um but yeah florida was who knows florida was whatever it wanted to be that's as it always is (laughs) i don't know we don't have to talk more about covid people we don't have we don't have to talk about it you all know it's happened you know it's out there you know it's it's going on and there's just a bunch of crazy stuff going on in the world and in the midst of all the craziness survivors back again survivor back again i wanted to talk with ty because it had obviously been a full season since we'd done like i said a full season and two years since Mm -hmm. we've done survivor talk and just so people know up top i think our plan is probably not to come back weekly because we don't know if we have the physical capability to do that currently but we'll be in the feed a few times this season today we're going to talk about the upcoming cast for season 42 there's no theme for me to plug so it's just drop the four keep the two whatever jeff was saying (laughs) 
probably something like that. And we're going to talk about the cast. We're going to do a draft of who we who we think are going to be the best players this season. But uh, yeah, for the most part, I think we'll we'll be in and out a couple times to keep up on the season. Probably not on a weekly basis, but stay subscribed. We'll have some friends on. We'll talk about Survivor just like the good old days. And maybe we'll be nicer now that we've had some time to reflect. If the listeners know anything about me, it's that I pull no punches. If there's somebody that I don't think is going to do well, they're going to know about it. If there's somebody I just don't think is uh, a person I get along with, they're going to know about it. <laughs> if they listen, yeah. I just, I, I I don't know if that's the impression people have of, from listening to us, but that's how I felt. I felt like we were always hating. We're just haters. But we love it. Yeah. We, we love it too, you know. It's it's like any anything in life. There's parts you love, there's parts you hate, and then there's parts that uh, you never want to talk about again. <laughs> Going off that, season 41 is the last season. We didn't really cover it. And by we didn't really cover it, I mean we didn't cover it at <laughs> all. <laughs> I, I thought... In general, I, I know you didn't even wind up making it through the season, which, you know, I think speaks more to the fact that you were just doing this so that we could, uh, you were just watching so we could keep doing the podcast more so than watching for fun. <laughs> no, yeah, but- in, in some ways, that was definitely <laughs> true. But it also, I, I, the cast, I didn't love the cast last season. And that's really the part of the show that I think we're both interested in, is watching the cast interact and yeah. if I'm not interested in the cast, then I'm not interested in the show because we know the formula and we love the formula and it's fun. But if, if there's not somebody that I'm like, I really want this person to win or I want this person to fall hard, it's just hard for me to get into it. So, yeah, I watched a, a handful of episodes, but I, had, I didn't make it through the entire last season. Yeah, I did wind up making it through. It was It was definitely not the easiest season to make it through. I think for me... The problem was related to what you're talking about in that I felt two things happening at once. One was the cast was so timid to make moves that it wound up being a lot of people doing nothing. <laughs> and mm. there was just a long stretch of the season where I was like, I don't really know if anyone's doing anything. And on top of that, it took me... It's funny that you stopped watching because it took me five or six episodes to really start liking groups of the people. Like it took a long time for character to shine through. And I don't know if that was because of the show or if that was because changing the circumstances in which I watched the show. And this is maybe too meta for people just listening to get like a preview of Survivor. But like you and I for years knew a lot about the contestants before the show started. So watching it as a normal viewer and knowing nothing about the contestants, like it felt like I, it, I was like one of those people who was just like, it's week five and I don't know the name of three of these people, which was just not the reality when we were recording because I knew the name of everyone. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. No, I agree. I think that probably totally played a point because even for me, like doing the intro, I would say I know who 90% of the people are just by their face, but it... When it was that season and it was like, okay, I have not done any previous research. I'm yeah, going no, to episode nothing, one. Nothing at all. I'm going to episode one and I'm watching a 30-second intro like everyone else in the world gets. I, I'm not knowing any other insight. I'm not doing their background, reading other interviews, other sources. Like It, it was tough to 
care for these people because like you're saying, maybe the show with its uh, shorter time, they couldn't fit in as much, you know, people or like uh, as much background story or whatever. I don't, I don't know. Um, But it was, uh, it was tough for me to find a character or a person that I really wanted to cheer for. Yeah. And I think, I guess I won't spoil it in case for some reason people want to go back and watch it. Um, cause like, we're not really even giving anything away about it, but like, you know, it got down to a point where it was like, no one was really a strong favorite. So when they voted at the end, it was like, okay, yeah, cool. That person won, you know, like it didn't feel really significant, but like you said, it was a shorter season because of COVID and season 42 as pe- longtime listeners of the podcast probably remember, they often film these seasons back to back so that they only have to be in Fiji for like three months and then they can get a whole year's worth of episodes out of it. So 42 was filmed right alongside 41 and was also a short season. So I I was reading in the, some of the research I was doing this morning that it's 26 days. And one of the contestants pointed out that amounts to with 18 castaways doing 15 tribal councils in 26 days, which is more than one, for every two days, you know? So like, it's it's a really significant uptick in the pace of the show. And I, I do think that was something that benefited the entertainment value of last season was the longer it went on, the more you could feel the pace of the show wearing on everyone where they're like, oh my God, we're in tribal again. But I'm interested to see how that happens a second time. If the producers have learned anything. I, I mean, I know one thing we haven't really touched on which we've talked about a lot on this show is that the producers certainly haven't learned to do less twists. In fact, I would argue the show is 75% twists now, (laughs) but we'll see. I mean, I'm always intrigued. I think this is a compelling cast from the research that I've done. And we'll, we'll talk obviously more about that, but how do you feel about short season, new season, 42 producers? What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm excited because the pace is good and people aren't just kind of, um, being dragged and like oh my goodness what's happening this is day 38 I don't I can't even stand up you know and I think that that did create some entertainment last season but I I am worried with the back-to-back filming because that means there's no adjustments yeah 41 (laughs) you said you know it felt like 75 percent twists if you go immediately into the next filming they're not gonna have seen 41 and be able to adjust as much so uh, I, I hope they put out an entertaining season. I mean, I I hope I'm going to love it. I hope I'm going to enjoy it. I I will say, I think my biggest hope is for 43 to make some adjustments Mm. because there, there was a few too many twists in 41 for me. Um, But that's why we dropped the four. didn't even make it to the wildest twist. (laughs) There was a (laughs) twist where someone like shattered a glass and it changed the outcome of a challenge just for no reason. It was wild. People who watched obviously will remember. I, I think the other thing that gives me optimism is that every new cast you there's always a chance the cast could be great and i know something we talked about a lot on the show over the years was getting casts that looked more like america and less like your instagram feed uh i think there was particular seasons where we were just like we're just watching love island and there's survivor happening in the background but since we last recorded too cbs there was Obviously, like you said, I, I know people have a lot of different 
opinions about different political and representation challenges and issues, but since Black Lives Matter uh, in 2020 and some of the controversies within CBS itself and some of its leadership <laughs> and some of the stuff they were up to, they, uh, I believe it was at the end of 2020, introduced their diversity targets for their reality shows. It was, I have it up here, 50% of the cast for unscripted shows have to be black, indigenous, or people of color, and 25% of unscripted development budget must go towards creators that are BIPOC. So, like, it was one of those things where, like, they weren't going to change what they were doing on their own, so it was, like, edict, and, like, now they're doing a quote-unquote better job of it. I do think you can feel a paint-by-the-numbers bit of it where it's, like, executives in a suite that are, like, we need to get two of this kind of person. And it, it feels almost like uh, gross in a different way to me. But by circumstance, they've wound up with a cast that looks a little more <laughs> diverse. You know, it's just kind of, it's a very, anything with millions and do- millions of dollars and big networks and a lot of money flying around is always going to be messy. But I think they landed on something interesting seeming based off looking at the cast and i hope it'll pan out yeah i definitely think that 41 was a paint by number cookie cutter we need you know this percent of representation and blah blah, blah. i think i think that really shown through in 41 42 feels a little less so um and maybe that's because we have the tribal breakdowns and that kind of stuff but it, it feels a little bit more natural and not rigid and i think that that's something that is already for me at least more exciting looking ahead to this season than last season so the the only other thing i wanted to mention before we get into the draft and really breaking down this cast is we've never had to do this before uh in the time that we've done the show but i i guess i i don't know i want to say rest in peace to sunday burquest a true like friend of the show and important member of survivor millennials versus gen x who you guys might remember she used to do sunday's uh, survivor minute on our show and she would call in give us like a minute of her thoughts each week and she overcame cancer she got on survivor she was an inspirational speaker and unfortunately really sadly in the last uh couple of years since we've recorded uh, I, I believe her cancer came back and Sunday passed away. So like I said, we've, we've never had to <laughs> report on anything like that on the show, but you know, rest in peace and shout out to her for always being great. And just one of the nicest people we got to talk to. Yeah. She, I think she was the first person we got to speak to. And, and during that season, I was pretty boisterous and pretty loud about the fact that I did not like Sunday as a survivor. And, you know, since talking and learning a lot more, you learn about the edits and stuff and yeah, her willingness to do that and help out with our podcast and be a member of the on the Island family, um, was something really special for us. Um, and a, a good, you know starting off point and yeah she will be missed around here yeah and and that's part of the reason why we wanted to come back even in a temporary way is because i think the community that survivor forms around itself or or that has formed around survivor is really what is special about it (laughs) and like we were talking about how hard it is to watch the show and not really know who any of the people are or what's happening and how long it takes to get into it and to me it, it just felt right to sort of 
try to connect back in with our community. I know we've still got a lot of good friends of the show that we'll hopefully have on this season to talk a little bit about 42 and hopefully we'll make some new friends. You know, we've always got room in our hearts. (laughs) (laughs) The doors are open. So yeah, let's get into it, Ty. Let's talk about season 42, our brand new cast, no theme, still in Fiji. Nothing's ever changing there anymore. I don't think. Nope. Anything in general? I know we talked a little bit about the potential of this cast. Anything in general jump out to you about this group? They seem young, I will say. There was probably two people that were older, so it it definitely feels like a little bit younger of a crowd. Um, There's two people that are particularly young that I'm interested to Mm. see because we always talk about these categories of, you know, that's the mom, she's gone. That's the the fresh-paced college or high school kid. They're gone, you know, and I want to see if with this new idea of inclusion at least being pushed by the show and we talked about their executives i want to see if this cast will live up to that so i'm I'm excited for that and i think that yeah we don't have a theme but i there's a couple people that i'm really excited to watch play that i'm not thinking oh they're gonna win but they're a complete mystery to me they're they're just they have potential and i I just want to see how they rise to the occasion Yeah, I think we should just get into it. I think we got a lot of thoughts of all these people. What we're going to do is we're going to draft. Each of us are going to end up with nine castaways on our teams. Hopefully, we'll revisit that later in the season. But in order to do so, we're going to have to flip a coin, Ty. I'm going to go on Google right now. Do you trust me? I trust you. All right. You you said you before we start recording, you wanted heads. Well, I got to be head because you're tails. (laughs) Taylor for tails all right i'm gonna flip the google coin to determine who gets the first pick it is in the air it is spinning it looks like the olympics tails oh no tails it is we we did not reveal to each other who any of our favorites were or anything we did not always do this we always do this live (laughs) but we did both reveal that there's somebody that we think is pretty good and i'm hoping taylor was thinking differently than i So I'm not going to give away the exact number, but I will tell you my first group of people is I wrote as like favorites, like either people I thought were my favorite or people I felt like seemed like favorites to actually perform well. I won't tell you exactly how many people are in that group, but it's in between like five and seven. So I have to pick one. I will say purely for entertainment value, I think I'm going to pick the person who jumped off the screen to me the most out of everything that I watched. I spent a lot of time on Dalton Ross's Entertainment Weekly preview. I obviously read through all the cast previews. And for me, I think the clear number one pick, and this might be a little counterintuitive because this person doesn't think they should be the number one pick, but for me, it's Daniel Strunk. Going with Daniel. Yeah, what do you think of that? That... Um, well, I'm happy you picked that person because that is not who I wanted to pick first. <laughs> I I do like the way that he presented himself. Um, you can talk about the quote that we both really love, but he does seem like he's very relatable, and that's always a good thing on Survivor, being relatable, and he doesn't come off as, you know, I'm a huge physical threat, I'm a, a thinker threat. He He seems like a very solid, well-rounded player. Yeah, so I think what we're going to do for each person that gets drafted is we're going to share at least one thing that jumped out to us about them in their research. I'll say quickly about Daniel as far as his bio goes. 30 years old, 
hometown Cincinnati, currently lives in New Haven, Connecticut, and is a law clerk. Um, for me, I think this was one of the people who his bio didn't jump out to me necessarily, but watching him in videos, he gave off really strong, like, this is going to be a great TV character vibes, and had a really interesting mix of confidence and like Christian uh, Hubicki style, like nerdiness, but also has like, and it's very open about this. It's like, I have a lot of like medical challenges in my background with like cancer and other things that like, I think are going to help me both drive myself forward and give me like a solid closing argument at the end. And I think he just seemed likable listening to, I just felt like in the modern era of survivor, which this is something we didn't really talk about when we were reflecting back is in the modern era, it's really hard to be viewed as a threat because the the whole strategy of the game now is we're going to vote off the threat. And for me, all of my quote unquote favorites are people who are kind of in the middle, like people who I felt like had strong personalities, smart approaches, and could kind of float along long enough to win. So for me, Daniel jumped out. And, and, and the, the quote that I was referencing that you were referencing is that he basically said, I don't think I will win because I think I my story is too good and my background is too interesting that people will vote me out. <laughs> and I swear he didn't sound as pretentious as that sounds in saying it. So I, I, I just liked him. He, he came across well. Yeah, it's his delivery of that quote that is what really sells you on him. When you can say something like that but not sound cocky and arrogant and unlikable, I think that that's really his strength. Is He's just a likable person. Uh, what jumped out to you for him was that was that it or was there something else yeah i just loved when um there was a video series where everybody was asked why do you think you're gonna win and he said i don't think i'm gonna win because i'm great i think i'm gonna win because all these people are crazy (laughs) so he didn't he wasn't like overly cocky but he was just like no, I'm going to win because I'm the logical pick. I'm not insane. Like, I'm just a normal person out here. And sometimes reality shows like to get crazy people that aren't going to win but are going to be really entertaining. Yeah. And I think his strength is he might be somewhat entertaining, but he is really likable and he is really relatable, especially for the, the people he's going to be with. I do think Survivor's past that era, though, that you're mentioning. Like, they don't really bring on people who they know are going to do wild stuff anymore. Like there's maybe one person per season who's like dumping rice in a fire. But <laughs> for the most part, it's like pretty even keeled, like overly strategic people now these days. But I mean, I mean, it, you know, like it feels like somebody's a dinosaur when they come on and they're like, I'm just playing for loyalty and winning challenges. Like you're like, what, <laughs> what year are you from? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the other thing, the thing that I liked was he said he was a movie fanatic. I, I did count three or four people who claimed they were movie fanatics in these bios, but he said one of his pet peeves was people being disruptive in movie theaters. So I was just like, all right, this guy probably goes to a lot of movies. Maybe, maybe we could, have, he could join our other, our other podcast, natural selection to talk, to talk movies. You're like, that's fair. He's not a liar. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's my number one pick Ty, round one, pick two, who you got. It sounds like I left the person on the board that you wanted. So who, who you got? You did, which is great. I'm picking um, the other Connecticut native, Chanel Howell. Oh, you know, Chanel, also in my group of favorites, I will say. Yeah, so she um, said that she is a recruiter, and she 
got a special degree from Harvard for negotiation. And um, the way that she presented herself, I like to, I'd like to maybe overanalyze and see how people present themselves and what they really think about themselves. But when people come across as confident and competent, competent, but not overbearing, she seems like she wants to be able to talk to people um, and listen to what they're saying and use that against them, but in like a really smart way. So I feel like she uh, definitely has that ability. Um, she describes herself as cunning, competitive, and cultured. Uh, competitive, you definitely need competition out here. You do have to win challenges, even though they mean almost nothing nowadays. Um, and I just, I really liked the way that she came off. I, I, I can't put my thumb on it, but every interview I saw with her, she seemed to be so good at knowing what she wanted to do and like she was going to be able to step forward and manipulate and make this game happen the way she wanted to make it happen by the way uh, we're not gonna sit here and describe people's uh, facial features or anything like that so if you do want to know what these people look like you could go on cps's website and look at the cast as we're going through this but uh i i agreed i i reading chanel's bio i felt like it, you know like the girl boss meme where like there's there's kind of like women who are like I'm a CEO of my own company and everyone's like you're a girl boss or whatever. Um, <laughs> that was like kind of the vibe of reading her bio because she she was like I manifested this moment for years so I could be on Survivor and like I've studied game theory I've been to the depths of Reddit to like determine everything I need to know about how Survivor works and I would she, my favorite quote was she's like I would play this game for free and I was like I think. A lot of people probably would, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when I saw her in video, I, I definitely was also impressed by her. I just thought she's put in the work. She sounds like she has really thought a lot about how she would approach being on this show, and she works in New York as an as a recruiter. Um, I, I just think she'll be good with people, and she fits really well into that mold I was talking about. Of like, she doesn't seem too big and strong of a threat to like get voted out all of a sudden and she, but she also seems really capable to like just make it a long ways um 29 by the way i don't know if you mentioned her age 29 so i did not yeah our first two picks a 30 year old and a 29 year old so that's where we're at <laughs> what do you think that says about us <laughs> just you know i don't age. know those I are pretty like they're similar both, <laughs> they're both like basically our ages yeah so it's just kind of <laughs> it's kind of like oh do we just wish that, that was us <laughs> Yeah, and honestly, I wished uh, Chanel describing her life, I was like, that sounds pretty nice. Because she said her favorite hobbies were exploring new countries, trying new cuisines, and blogging. Mm -hmm. Like, it sounds like a good life. Yeah, so, it's a hobby to go to different countries. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> nope. So that's our first two picks, Daniel and Chanel. So let's move into round number two. I think we should go snake style, right? I think that's only fair. Oh. Well, or do you want to just send me. it back to me? Maybe we should send it back so we I'll, go back. Yeah, and forth. we'll send it back because I don't <laughs> I don't want the ability to take your number two pick unfairly. So I'm gonna also, I wanna give you a shot, even though I feel like I have a pretty solid second. Also I'm thinking so. for podcast purposes it might sound weird if we double up over and over again. So we're just gonna go back and forth. <laughs> You're right. Clarity we're getting back into people. it. We're getting back into the to the rhythm. All right. So I've got a few here that are still in my group of favorites, but I think for me, I got to stick 
with my gut. I've always liked this kind of survivor. Uh, you know this. We've probably talked a lot about it. The sort of nerdy, quiet female type. Maybe not even quiet, but like kind of nerdy, funny female character who like it doesn't come across as the most athletic and seems like they can kind of charm their way through like sort of Aubrey style. So for me, my second pick is Lydia Meredith, 22 years old from Fredericksburg, Virginia, currently lives in Santa Monica, California. She listed her occupation as waitress in her bio, but she also said she's an actor in the uh, videos that I saw, which I guess makes sense. If you're living in California, working as a waitress, trying to be an actor, that sounds like the story. So that's my number two pick. Uh, I can talk more about it, but any reaction? That's a little bit higher than I had her. I will say that okay, uh, okay. she she was definitely in the upper half, but I don't think that she would be a number two pick. You're saying um, she would have made it back to me in the next round if I had just waited. She would have made it back. You know, you could have used your <laughs> pick on someone else if you really wanted. I just um, want to really balance out my team with people that I, the type of survivors I like, you know? Yeah, I, I did really like her. Um, one thing that she talked about was uh, the strategy that she wants to play with. And uh, she said she wants to be perceived as like the loving little sister that you want to have around. And mm. I think, you know, being young, being 22, I think that she could pull that off well. I, I don't know exactly who she's going to betty up with because it seems like most people's ages are pretty similar. So I don't know who she's going to be the little sister to. But hey, 29, 30-year-olds, there's plenty of opportunity. <laughs> I guess it's yeah that's fair but I think that she has um a good game plan going into it so I do think that she's a solid pickup for you yeah I like too that she said she didn't want to tell people that she is an actor at all because she thought people would then assume she's good at lying and she's like I'm actually a really bad liar but it would be bad for people to assume that therefore I will not tell them I'm an actor which was a funny little twist of logic. But the thing that I liked the most about her and her bio, I'm sure you saw this, was one of the questions they asked all of them was, what is something we would never know from looking at you? Which is admittedly a strange question that facilitated a lot of strange answers from people, <laughs> which we can talk about more as we go. But from Lydia, her answer was just very weird and funny to me. It, she said, I am terrified of vacuum cleaners. I can use one, but I can't be in a room when someone else is vacuuming because people always chase me with it and it scares me. And I, and I want to repeat that last part a little bit because she said, I can't be in a room when someone else is vacuuming because people always chase me with it. So really, <laughs> I just have questions for Lydia's friends and family, which is, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? That's mean. Let, just leave her alone. <laughs> Vacuum like normal people. Maybe she is the bullied little sister. You know, like when you have a dog and you just like you chase the dog around a little bit until they're eventually not scared of it or they're terrified and scarred for life. Like one of the two things is going to happen. And I think that she's um, scarred for life. She didn't stand up to the vacuum. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my second pick. Anything else jump out to you about her? Nothing else. All right. Well, then it, it's time. Round it's two, time. pick two. Who you got? Jonathan Young. Ooh. Yeah, Jonathan Young. Um, I want to get the name of the place correct because I always get it wrong. Um, he is from Alabama, but he works in Gulf Shores, Alabama. He co-owns one of those beach uh, like rental equipment rental things. So um, he owns his own business. And I really liked 
Another 29-year-old, by the way. I feel like you have a theme going. <laughs> I, I may have, like, subconsciously because <laughs> I didn't even think about that at all. Um, but he said he goes spearfishing every day, which I know that pr- being, like, provider is kind of an outdated role. But it's also good to have somebody that is good in the water because they do a lot of swimming challenges and stuff like that. So um, he also said he wants to win every single immunity challenge, which, again, kind of a red flag, old school mindset but what i really liked is the way he said he wants to be a leader servant so he wants to like lead the team while also providing and helping if that makes sense he doesn't want to arrogantly run over people he just wants to be um an indispensable team member while not just standing out as maybe the biggest threat i do honestly think if you just look from like the typical classic big survivor alpha male, I think he kind of fits that role. But I think his personality is much less abrasive than some of those sort of alpha male types that we've had <laughs> in past seasons. Yeah, it's this is an interesting second round because we both, I think, picked people that the other person would not have picked. Like, I think we both potentially could have gotten our round two picks here in like round four. So round two is really feeling like, where you pick the people you just really liked and you don't want to lose. Because for me, I had five categories on my personal rankings, which I think I told you before we started. But the first one was favorites. The second one is wild cards because it's so hard to tell who's going to be good. So the second category I have is just total people who could either be good or terrible. I listed as wild cards. Uh, I have my bottom two categories are no impression whatsoever and no chance. And my middle category... Jonathan is the only person in my middle category, which I labeled strong guy because (laughs) I felt like they didn't really do that type of casting too much this season. But like you said, he's an interesting mix of like looking at him. He looks a little more like a free bird kind of like spacey (laughs) kind of interesting character just with like the way he's got his hair and his like his, uh, uh, his whole vibe like he's he's much more like hippie kind of vibe yeah and but i think he also is oh. very much like strong man like he's he's like i have the guinness world record for most pull-ups with 100 pounds on my back i swam for university of alabama like you said he like his fishing thing so like there's an interesting mix of things and for me i was just too afraid that his being a big strong guy was gonna cost him you know yeah and i, I think to echo what you're saying in a, different words is in those interviews where they're like, okay, well, what's your pet peeve? A, his first thing he said is wearing shirts. So immediately you think, okay, what a jerk. I also what highlighted that. Like, Very like funny. that's the worst thing ever. But then his second one is people who bully others and when people are disrespectful. So if that can actually be his true sentiment and not just a nice thing to say on like a – international or like a national like posting that people are going to learn who you are um if that is really kind of the character he has then i think that he has a dangerous combo to actually go a long way yeah and if wearing shirts is a problem survivors a great place to be that's you know most american businesses (laughs) most american businesses it's like no shirt no shoes no service but not survivor you get all the service you need Shout out to Tyler Perry. <laughs> oh, God. Google Tyler Perry Survivor underwear if you ever want to know more about that, I guess. Although 
always be careful if you're Googling underwear with, I don't know, <laughs> you'll find it. Uh, so that's round two. You got Jonathan. I got Lydia. So let's go to round three. I'm interested to see where we go here because I think we're starting to run out of people that I feel like are like favorites or like people who feel like favorites. So we'll see where we line up and where we differ. But for me, I'm going to start round three by picking a person who jumped out to me, especially in light of uh, everything we talked about up top, the years of COVID that we've been living through. And for me, that's Jackson Fox from uh, Pasadena, Texas, who now lives in Houston, Texas. Jackson is a healthcare worker, 48 years old. Also the first, and and note the word openly, because I think the word openly is important in the context of Survivor, (laughs) if Mm -hmm. people remember, the first openly transgender character uh, person on the show. Um, As you might recall, uh, Zeke, a few years back, was very unwillingly outed on the show and a a thing that we talked a lot about at the time that was very uncomfortable. Um, But Jackson, just good vibes. Like I I felt like listening to Jackson just sounded like a cool, nice person. Like I feel like being a healthcare worker is got to at least buy you like five tribals on this particular season. Like nobody's going to vote out the healthcare worker early on. Right. (laughs) Um, Mm. With everything that's been happening. And for us, and I don't know if you read this, but for me, the thing that vaulted Jackson into the favorite category was when asked which past survivor they would play the game most like, Jackson said, Elaine, hardworking, (laughs) confident, resilient, hell of a mind game. How could you not like Elaine? And we loved Elaine. So I'm all in on that. Yeah, I think the thing that really sold me on him, uh, this is just my heartstrings being pulled. He said, who's your hero and why? He said, my mom, no question. She had grace until the end. Her faith was unmatched. She was an awesome person, not just a mother, but as a whole. I could only strive to be half the person she was. So I I really hope that his sentimentality comes through and uh, he's given a fair shakedown. Again, we are in a new era of Survivor, and I hope that being uh, first outwardly or openly trans contestant um, doesn't come back to bite him. And I really don't think it will at this, you know, stage. I think you know get, you get beyond the first fifteen seasons or something, and like that stuff becomes less of an issue. Um, but yeah, it definitely seems like a likable guy, and. I, I'm interested. He is a little bit on the older side. Not that they, you know, cast 60 and 65 year olds anymore, but um, <laughs> he's 48. So, uh, yeah, got it's some funny. I was, I was about to make that pick, and that was my one hesitation all of a sudden as I looked. I was like, ooh, 48. That's scary, but we'll see. I just really liked in the videos I saw, I like Jackson. So I feel like I've got a solid, I feel solid about my team so far. So, who you got? Yeah. So for me, my number three pick. Uh, and I, I know this one is going to come as a shock to you. Uh Oh, I I Um, have to go way down my list here. (laughs) You might have to go way down your list. I think Roxroy Bailey. Okay. Roxroy is in my wild card group. If I'm thinking of this as like a draft where we're trying to get points, I don't think he necessarily falls into the, he's going to be the winner category, right? You know, on paper from the few interviews I watch, like you're talking but about if I we're building out a team that's going to like win some challenges, make it through some tribals, like swing some votes, like just get us to the end of the season. Like that's how you're building out your team. You mean? Yeah. Like everybody wants to draft Tom Brady, 
but nobody wants to think <laughs> about the left tackle. And I think Roxroy is going to be a solid left tackle that is going to protect the blind side. I think that he is very personable and can get in with people. Um, he's a stay-at-home dad. He loves to chill and have fun. Um, I really think that it's going to be a tough road for him to win, but I think he could easily go deep, especially with this pool of contestants. He, he just seemed, he seemed too likable, honestly. He just seemed like a person that is going to be able to get along with anybody because, you know, he's a stay-at-home dad. He's got kids. He can get along with the younger ones. Um, he's in that kind of medium age range at 44, which – uh, is hit or miss. You never know um, what he's going to do in physical challenges. But yeah, a couple just, of forty-year-olds this round. He strikes me as a person that I think can go really, really far. And if the chips fall correctly, he could be in that final tribal. I got to be honest too. Before I even saw any of these people's pictures, was was all in. I mean, Roxroy, <laughs> just fantastic mouthfeel on that name, and. It was was really hard to 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 look past to look past just the name alone. Just just love it, Roxroy Bailey, and pet peeve drivers who don't use their turn signal. We were talking about living in Florida. That's all. That's what it's all about around here, baby. <laughs> so I was I was I was with him on that one. And uh, yeah, he mentioned in a couple of his interviews that he's uh, got Jamaican background. I don't know if he was born in Jamaica or if his family is from Jamaica, but yeah, he just seemed like a cool, interesting guy. We were talking about somebody else who travies, tra- travies, <laughs> travies for a hobble. I was trying to say travels for a hobby. And mm-hmm. he's also been to over 20 countries. So interesting guy, currently based in Las Vegas. I don't remember if you said that, but I'm interested to see also what happens with him. So maybe it would have been better thematically if we had picked the two 40-year-olds in round four, like round fours for the 40s. <laughs> but, you know, round three, we both got our 40-year-old, 40-something-year-old castaway and We'll see how they match up as the season goes on. So who do you have next? All right, round four, official pick number seven. I am finally running out of favorites. I will tell you, Daniel, who was my first pick, Lydia, who was my second pick, Chanel, who was your, who was your first pick, and Jackson were all in my group of quote-unquote favorites. So I'm going to pick with my category again here, and I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Tori Meehan. I think Tori was one that jumped out to me more on video than elsewhere. Her bio was very much like she she's kind of like like a classic like blonde girl survivor character just from like reading the bio where she's just like people thought I was a mean girl but actually I'm interesting or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she said something that jumped out to me. By the way, 25 years old hometown Tulsa currently lives in Rogers Arkansas which is not a state I've spent any time in no offense to anyone from Arkansas so I I can't speak on that (laughs) Um, the thing that jumped out to me she is a therapist she talked a lot about therapy being like an integral part of her strategy and like trying to use the things she's learned from working with people on their problems and talking with people and setting goals with people and trying to find ways to integrate in that game But the thing that she said that jumped out to me was people are only going to know what I tell them and what I show them, which I thought was an illuminating way to look at going on to Survivor because sometimes you forget that none of these people know you and the only thing that they're going to know is the person you present yourself as. 
So she just seemed to have a really strong self-awareness of how she was going to be perceived, how she was going to perceive and interact with other people. And she had a good vibe in her videos. And I felt like there was a chance she could really make some noise and never be perceived as too much of a threat along the way. Yeah, one of our favorite catchphrases we always use is perception is reality. So if she can get out there and not be perceived as like a manipulative therapist or whatever, I think that she does stand a good chance of being relatable, of being um, friendly and kind with people. And she she seems like she has a good head on her shoulders and will be able to um, just relate to almost everybody. So I, I, I can see that being a solid pick. All right, so end of round four, our eighth overall pick. We're almost halfway through the 18 castaways here. Uh, who do you have for your next pick? Okay, for me, this is where this is where it starts to get interesting for me because, like you just mentioned, all of my favorite favorites are gone. So these are kind of wild cards. Could be great, could be not. I'm going to go with Jenny Kim. Mm. Jenny you want to know Kim. something? You want to know something, Ty? Uh, Jenny Kim was in my category of no impression. Like somehow I read her bio. I watched a couple of videos and like, I just didn't really pick up anything from her. So like she's even further out than a wild card for me. I was just like, I don't even know what's going to happen with her. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think that she is, um, a typical pick for me, uh, because she is 43. She, um, is a first generation um, South Korean immigrant. Uh, one of her things that she said, she just wants to get wow out of Jeff, which is, you know, that's a, that's a fun goal to have. But uh, she is a um, designer in uh, Brooklyn, New York, and she just seems, she seems competent, but I don't know if her competent in her work life is going to translate to survivor competency that's where i'm kind of a little concerned about her so i think that she is going to have an idea of what she wants to do and how to play but i don't know if that's necessarily going to um, serve her well in survivor i think it's one of those things where it could serve her really well if she finds like-minded people that want to move forward in the same way but if she gets in trouble early, then I, I see her having a rough couple of days at the start before she's kind of voted out, you know, not first, but in that first group of people that you're like, oh, what season were they in? Who who was that? Yeah. So she she's a wild card pick for me, but something about the way that she presented herself seemed like she was ready to play the game the way she's going to play the game. She's not going to change her style. Um which is always a risk, but sometimes it can turn out to be the risk that uh, gives you the biggest reward in the end. So, It's such an interesting roster of people that you're building up so far because you, you got your two 29-year-olds, which we obviously talked about, and now you got your two 40-somethings. So you're, you're building out like a solid base there of like, you know, really like, what do you, what do you call it? Like widespread <laughs> age group. I'm basically just being a survivor exec. Uh, what you don't see <laughs> is my little flow chart of age and race and nationality and gender identity and stuff. And oh I just, God. I got to pick someone to go in each quarter category. You know, I should just no, work I, as survivor. I think, I think you're off to a solid start though. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. So 
that brings us to round number five. That my pick will take us to the official halfway point here, and I'm gonna pick the last person who was in my favorite group, which is Hai Zhang. Uh, forgive me if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but I really liked Hai. I thought that he just had a real like good go get them kind of attitude. I mean, a lot of these people did feel like they've started their own small business kind of people, but mm-hmm. he, uh, 29 years old. So sorry, he's not going to be on your team with all your 29 year olds, <laughs> but hometown Atlanta slash Vietnam, <laughs> according to his bio and, uh, currently in new Orleans as a data scientist. The thing that jumped out to me was he talked about, uh, we, we mentioned earlier the question, what what's something people wouldn't know from looking at you. He talked about people would never guess that I grew up in extreme poverty and that my family's really been fighting for two decades. We lived in a one bedroom apartment shared with another family. My parents both worked seven days a week. I was often fending for myself by the age of eight. I learned to survive and be resilient from a very young age. You know, he talked also about his mother being his hero coming here at 23 years old with no grasp of the English language and just 40 bucks. So I I think he's definitely got the drive. He's got like the look of a kind of guy who could sneak by. Like he doesn't look like he's going to overwhelm in challenges, but he like, you know, I've always thought you and I would (laughs) be good for survivor challenges because we're both like athletic, but not really like in a way that's like intimidating to people just where people would be like, Oh, they are kind of athletic. Um, (laughs) And I feel like he fit that for me. He also won me over when they asked him which past survivor he wanted to play the game like because not only did he say he wants to play like Aubrey, he said, I want to say Parv- Parvati, but I'm not that hot or charming. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I, I liked him. I, he was right on the edge of like wild card slash favorite to me, but ultimately I just felt like we've been talking a lot about in this draft, people kind of sneaking by for a while so that they could later take the thing home and for me, that that was the reason he jumped out. Yeah, he definitely, I think he said, um, looking up to Yule, being uh, a young Asian man was cool. And yeah, we loved Yule. And I, I think that, that is, uh, that's a really cool thing to see, um, <laughs> talking more about representation. So I, I, yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a solid pick. Um, and growing up, you know, in extreme poverty and just he, he's had to handle himself for a long time. And I, I think that's going to translate well to handling himself in the game. I will say since we're halfway through for for whatever it's worth, the five people I've picked so far, all of them were in my favorites uh, list. So I, I feel good. But also that's all based off of my impression. So who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, does that bring it to my choice? It is your choice. Okay. This is another one that I'm interested to see. Um, I guess we're just to that that section of the draft where it's not like these are my absolute favorites. Yeah, we're officially like, into I'm, the second half of the draft. I'm now, really so. interested to see how these people are going to play. Um, and that is uh, Drea Wheeler. Hmm. I, I don't know if I'm I said right her with first you. name correctly. Yeah. Um, she's 35 from San Antonio. She currently lives in Montreal and Montreal, Montreal. I believe Quebec. multiple Canadians this season, by the way. And yeah, it did seem like there was some uh, Canadian people, which is I interesting. It was, We're going international now. <laughs> yeah, it was only a couple seasons ago that they finally started allowing Canadian applicants. And 
uh, spoiler alert, I, season 41, a Canadian actually won. So uh, shout out to all the Canadians, eh? See how they do. <laughs> eh? The Mounties? <laughs> um, I really liked her. She's a fitness consultant, but I liked her confidence. And in uh, some of the video interviews and stuff I got to watch, um, she says she's been in survivor boot camp my whole life. Uh, she's not afraid to work hard. I, I think that she can, again, I think a lot of these middle group of people need to find a solid core group to stick with. And that's, what's going to get them a long way. And I think that she is personable enough. And I think that she's strong enough. And I think that she's helpful enough. And I think that she is just going to be good enough for the game that she could definitely be sitting right there at the end. Uh, yeah, Drea, 35. Her her answer to what is something we would never know from looking at you was when I started to think, what is up with this question? Like, you're getting such... You're, one person is, like, you know, you know, talking about light stuff or whatever, but then she's like, you know what people might not know from looking at me is that I'm afraid of dying. <laughs> and, like, to be fair to her, like... Um, you know, she mentions sort of referring to like losing important people in her life when she was younger. And like, uh, obviously that's, that's hard. And a lot of people have to deal with that, but it just is such a weird question to have to ask people because like, uh, I could look at anyone and probably be like, I bet they're afraid of dying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I don't know. I, I mentioned this before we started recording. I really think survivor needs to hire me to do, writing for the copy that comes out on these people's bios because they they really just need a ghostwriter to make it all sound a little smoother be, be a little more interesting just edit up these like snippets because i think they literally just copy down how they respond word for word <laughs> they even yeah. put the ums in there and it's like it doesn't make sense <laughs> all right so drea ends our fifth round let's go in around six here our 11th overall pick I'm going to pick a wild card of mine, and honestly, the person who felt the most like me, (laughs) I was like, (laughs) is that me? And that's Zach Wartenberger. Uh, He is 22 years old, hometown Weston, Florida, which is just outside of Miami, currently lives in St. Louis as a student. But his favorite hobbies, social strategy games, sketch comedy writing, and running. And although I do improv and not sketch, I felt like uh, me and him just would relate a lot, you know? He seemed funny and fun, and he's a storyteller. He describes himself as a storyteller. That's, like, on my resume. So, like, me and Zach, (laughs) we're simpatico, you know? Yeah, he worried me because he even says outright that he's going to struggle physically, being a small, skinny kid. And I know that it's no longer 39 days and food is almost given to you at every challenge it feels like and it's it's less survivor more reality show but i i do worry about that and he being a student he is a little bit younger um he is high energy um and that worries me as far as relating to people but i don't i don't think it's a bad pick i just think that for me he was somebody that probably would have fallen one or two rounds below this round yeah like i said we're, we're fully into the wild card zone here but I liked him. He's funny. I'm hoping he can just provide some good TV entertainment as we go. I, I meant to look up. He said the thing he's proudest of is like a sketch he wrote for his college <laughs> sketch comedy class. I wanted to look it up, but 
yeah, I I'm interested to see how things go with him. One of the younger folks. I I've got some young folks on my team. I got uh, him and Tori. So, Ty, you've got some older folks. You've got two forty-somethings, Andrea's thirty-five, Jonathan's Jonathan Chanel, obviously twenty-nine, which, as we know, is quite old. So, where are you going for the end of round six here? Twelfth overall pick for Team Ty. I'm gonna flip that script just a little bit, and I'm gonna take Marianne Oketch. I believe is how you say her last name. All right. Um, in her interviews, she comes through with a lot of bubbly energy, which can either really annoy people or be really endearing. And I'm hoping it's really endearing. Um, she is 24. She's from Ajax, Ontario. Um, Canada. She's, in, she's in Ontario still. Um, she is a first generation immigrant. It sounds like her mom's from Africa because at one point she was like, telling her mom she wanted to go on her on survivor and her mom's like why we can just go home to my tribe and i'll teach you how to build fire and cook rice like why do you need to go on survivor um but yeah I, kenya really liked... she said her mom was born in kenya okay um yeah i really i just liked her personality and i like uh how excited excitable she is and i hope it's not in that like um really obnoxious way i i think that she can bring energy, can bring a lot of positivity to her tribe. And I, I hope that she can um, keep up being a little bit younger, being a student. But, uh, yeah, she's she's definitely uh, right there for me. Yeah, 24, seminary student I thought was interesting to you probably. Uh, Long-time listeners probably remember Ty worked at, worked at a church for, for quite a while. Um, yeah, and she said that um, she wants to play the game most like Davey. And oh, I was just Davey. about to mention that. We love <laughs> yeah. Davey. Davey uh, came on the show a few years ago. Really fun. Really fun to watch on the show and really fun to, to talk with. So if she's anything like Davey, like, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. I still got a few more wild cards I'm sorting through here. Hmm. I think I'm going to go with Omar. Omar Zahir. He was certainly in the wild card category for me. But really likable. I, I watched some of his videos and just got really good vibes from him. I, I think, uh, by the way, another Canadian. <laughs> uh, 31 years old. He's a veterinarian based in Ontario. And uh, I liked him for sure. So uh, I, I hope that he does well. I will say, though, he's a big fan of Settlers of Catan. I don't like that. Not fun. <laughs> That's a hot take. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I really liked him. I loved his uh, intro video because he said he works with exotic animals. And he's like, one day I might be fixing a tiny canary's broken leg. And the next day I might be elbow deep in a rhinoceros butt. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. He had the <laughs> he best. He seemed super funny. He had the best story of anyone in all of the Entertainment Weekly stuff that I read. Dalton Ross asked everyone what the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to them was. And he said he was in vet school and then he immediately said we had to rectally palpate cows by sticking our arms up their butt to feel for pregnancy <laughs> <laughs> and he goes on to say he was nervous because the cow could sit down and break his arm because his arm is up the cow's butt and <gasps> then he says i couldn't go in i was like what's going on the technician beside me was like Keep going. Otherwise, she'll learn that if you stop, that she can get away with it. 
It was then that a terrible realization came over Omar. Those are Dalton Ross's words. Uh, not that he was stuck, but rather that something else entirely had happened. Quote, and then I was like, oh, my God, I'm in the wrong hole in front of my whole class. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. that story certainly stuck with me out of everything I read. Yeah, he seems he seems really likable uh, and really fun. So uh, I, I think that's a good pickup. Also, afraid of condiments. And one of his pet peeves is institutional racism. Uh, yeah sadly he's had to deal with it so we'll see if survivor can get over their institutional racism (laughs) yeah all right so end of round seven now this is the 14th overall pick ty will now add his seventh team member and we went from a 24 who was pretty young for my team last time to now we're going 19 oh swatty goel Gail, I can't remember exactly how she pronounced it. She uh, is 19 from Palo Alto, California, where she currently lives. And she says she is an Ivy League student. She also mentioned that she uh, was in the military. And she just seems like somebody that has a lot going on. She's enlisted in the National Guard um, is what I'm seeing. And I really think that she's young and doing a whole lot of stuff right now maybe trying to if this makes sense trying to figure out who she's gonna be moving forward and i think being on an island with a bunch of people you've never met i'm interested to see if she'll grow in a really positive way um you know as she's like growing up because she's 19 she i believe she's the youngest one on this season yeah and I'm just interested to see if she can make that transition into, you know, I'm an adult now. I'm here playing of my own volition. I'm in this terrible situation. And I just want to see how the, how she's going to respond. And I think that she's got that ability to respond well, just seeing all the accomplishments that she has. So uh, for th- those are the reasons I'm picking her. She also had one of the more interesting approaches to the game from what I read. She She said that she was going to tell people about being in the military, but that she was definitely going to lie about her age and about going to Harvard. And I will say this is the most Harvard person lie I could think of, which is she said, instead of telling people I go to Harvard, I'm going to tell them I go to Berkeley. (laughs) Turn your nose up at those Berkeley swine. (laughs) (laughs) So, very funny. I don't know. Like, what nineteen-year-olds? Total wild cards always on this show. I think it. What mm-hmm. was the name? Was it Will? Will something? Young, uh, young Will. Yeah, yeah. He he made it quite a ways. Um. Oh my God. Was that the season where it was Young Will and Will Sims the third? I think. Yeah. I think they were both in the same season. And Will Will Sims the third turned out to be really mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least was, on the show. All right. But that was okay. good, and that did prove youth can go far. Yeah, we'll see how she does. Like we said, she's only 19. Like She's still at the stage where her hero is Elon Musk. She lists that as her hero. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I don't know. A lot to, a lot to learn from her. But uh, that brings us to our final four here. I still have one wild card left, so I'm going to pick them here. And for me, that's Romeo Escobar, who is actually 37. Would not have guessed from looking at him that he's 37 (laughs) but 
Romeo from Los Angeles currently lives in maybe people on the West Coast will know what this is. Norwalk, California. Maybe that's just near Los Angeles. I'm not sure. Uh, occupation is pageant coach. And uh, <laughs> the thing that intrigued me about him, it was vague. It was definitely vague. But the thing that intrigued me was which past survivor will you play like? I don't think anyone's played a game like the one I'll play. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always risky to come off in a, a cocky way, but I will say what he has going for him is he seems like he's accomplished the goals he set out to do. Yeah, and you sure. always like to see people that don't, you know, blame their circumstances or blame like some trouble that they're going through and just kind of muscle through to make their dream happen and so he definitely fit in that category i was saying earlier of like people who feel like they've just like started their own business and like done this and that like there's a lot of people like that on this particular season yes again Uh, another person traveling the world i dreamed of traveling the world so i did (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's way maybe i'm that person putting up (laughs) you know mental barriers like maybe i want to go travel the world why not just buy a plane ticket just do it yeah just go for it yeah i think romeo escobar is a very good pickup Ty, there's a lot of pressure on you for this last pick of the eighth round because this is very funny to me that we haven't really done the show in two years. We haven't talked about Survivor in a while. And here we are. We both did our research. We both did our prep. And my bottom two people who I both have listed as no chance are both still on the board. So if you make the right pick here, then that means we're totally aligned after all this time. I, I I gotta see. <laughs> oh man, that that's a lot of pressure because I only had one that I felt like was no chance, but these other two. I love that. I feel like we have the same exact in. one. <laughs> I, I do too. Um, okay, so I'm gonna say my pick in this eighth round before we make it to the final round. I'm going to say Mike Turner. Oh no. Oh, Mike was the other no chance. Okay, well, then I definitely know who your other picks are. So Mike <laughs> Turner, for me, fits that old mold of strong strong alpha male. Um, he's the oldest That's why I thought he was going to be the one that we both were like, no chance. <laughs> he's the, he's the um, oldest at 58 from Hoboken, New Jersey, and he currently Hoboken, resides baby. in Hoboken. I believe it's Hoboken. 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 <laughs> no, Hoboken could be a new, like, Ken and Barbie. <laughs> hey, did you get the hobo version there's, there's of Ken? A, the, so there's a Barbie <laughs> joke in there somewhere. I'm not sure what it is. Oh, it's pretty funny. Um, retired firefighter. He fits in that old alpha male role that is a little bit worrying, especially in Modern Survivor. But he also seems to be fairly self-aware of that. I think if if he gets tired and stressed out, I think that's when he's really going to struggle. And being the oldest guy, I think that's going to cause him to struggle in that way. So, th- again, he's my second to last pick, so I don't really have to super defend him. But, <laughs> but I he's, will. <laughs> he's not my last pick. I'll say that. So he, he just strikes me as a guy who I don't know that he's going to find um, – a group of players to mesh with super well, which is why I have him low, but he is, believe it or not, not my lowest on the totem pole. Yeah. I was way too afraid of, 
what we were talking about earlier that like he's just gonna feel like a dinosaur on the show like he just felt like the person who's gonna play like very straight loyal simple kind of game but maybe he'll come out and surprise i just felt like again this is why they should hire me to write the bios but his bio was sounded like it was written by an ai or something like an ai for like a 58 year old dude (laughs) because like it was just like what are your favorite hobbies working out sports and watching great movies (laughs) (laughs) i was like i don't even know what to make of that honestly um the one that made me laugh in his bio was who's your hero and why not sure if i have any heroes but i have people (laughs) i looked up to and taught me about life like it's just sort of like like an old not willing to play the game if that makes sense you're not willing to answer the question you're like i'm gonna be different and do this which is kind of my personality a lot of times so (laughs) maybe we're kindred spirits but for that reason i got mike not as my last choice all right so that brings us to the final round i suppose i will take maria or maria i don't know how it's pronounced i'm guessing maria because it's that's a name that i've that i've heard a lot but it's spelled m-a-r-y-a so um maria sharon uh, for me, she was one of the people who just kind of didn't leave much of an impression on me. Didn't really jump off the page in any of the stuff that I saw. So I really could be totally wrong. Um, really hard for me to say, but she's 47. Hometown Lansing, Michigan. So shout out to my girlfriend, Bree, if she's listening to this. She went to college at Michigan State. Um, and uh, stay-at-home mom was her occupation. She likes gardening, writing, Pilates. I, I just... Uh, didn't get a lot about her strategy. I I think the thing that jumped out to me the most that I, uh, you know, uh, thought was also relevant to these times, uh, like Jackson earlier, is um, she had a real emotional plot twist of an answer to one of the questions, which was the, who is your hero and why? She said, Kios Kelly. Kios was the first nurse in COVID, or the first nurse in New York to die of COVID-19. He gave his life for others. He was a dearly loved and respected nurse. He passed on March 24th, 2020. Kios was my brother. And I was just like, whoa, (laughs) didn't see that ending sentence coming. Um, So uh, obviously, like everyone's been saying over the last couple of years, shout out to all the first responders doing amazing, uh, thankless work. So. Hopefully you're getting the thanks and love that you deserve. So join my team. Join my team, Maria. We're going to go to victory. (laughs) Yeah, she worried me a little bit um, in her interview when she was asked, why are you going to be the one to win Survivor? And her response was, hmm, why am I going to win Survivor? (laughs) Because I can make my own choices. (laughs) No one else can make my choices for me. (laughs) So... uh, I don't know that that was the strongest answer, but um, yeah, it's it's interesting to hear the story about um, her brother and uh, you know so many lives have been touched negatively by COVID over the last two years when Taylor and I have basically taken a hiatus. So um, I'm interested to see what what she can do this season. All right, so before we go to your last pick, I, I, I guess we should give the disclaimer that we've started to give after we you know learned about how survivors made and talked to a lot of survivors which is no disrespect to this person i i just the way that they were presented 
in the bio and in some of the stuff that I saw, it was it's interesting that we both landed on this person in our no chance category. So I, <laughs> I guess take it away. <laughs> yes. So my final, um, do I get to say pick since I didn't make the pick? <laughs> my final um, team member, my final pick in the 2022 Survivor draft is Lindsay Delashowicz. I believe is how she said it. She's 31. She's from Morganville, New Jersey. She lives in I think you got Osbury two New Park, Jersey folks in New a row Jersey. there. She's a dietitian. Um, and I'm going to let her speak for herself. One of the generic questions you're asked are three words to describe you. Uh, first, she says loud. Growing up, my friend's parents always described me as the loud friend. Talkative. It was concerning. <laughs> <laughs> talkative. All of my report cards every year said talkative or distracts others. And the last one she said is intense personality. I'm a good person, but I definitely do not mesh with everyone. And in a game that is entirely about meshing with everyone, (laughs) that is troubling to hear. Um, So I'm interested to see if she um, annoys people early on, or if she has a strong personality in like a leadership sense that people wanna be around her. Um, I think if if that's the kind of loud and boisterous and talkative that she is, then she's got a shot. But she seems to fall into that category of probably will start annoying people once hunger sets in on day three or four. Um, so I, I really think that she is going to struggle. Um, she did, She's a dietitian. She says she works out all the time. I think she said she played tackle football until she was 15. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. But she definitely, in her bio and in her interviews, has that personality that is not going to click with random strangers when you're marooned on a beach. Yeah, I was concerned too because the one story I heard her tell, it was in the same thing I mentioned earlier when um, Omar was telling his most embarrassing moment. Uh, she was telling her most embarrassing moment And the story she told, I I won't really retell the whole story, but the story she told, the moral of it was that she was at a party and didn't know when to stop talking because she was upsetting people. And I was like, that's really not encouraging for this specific show. And while someone like, like you might agree with her statement, let's be real, people are stupid. Uh... (laughs) I also find that concerning because I think if you're not taking people at face value going into the show and you're assuming everyone else is stupid, that's also going to cause problems. So maybe like it's the New Jersey, like overconfident kind of attitude. Uh, like uh, Again, I, I know I'm, that's me judging every, uh, the New Jersey attitude, <laughs> but like maybe she'll be much more humble and, and personable in reality. But yeah, I think we both were in agreement that there's just a lot of concerning red flags in the bio and everything for her. Yep. And like we said, we, this is our little asterisk. We don't know these people. We, we only get to consume the media that goes out. (laughs) Um, So we do have fun, particularly me trashing people and making fun of them to no end. And then finding out that they're great people. Well, Um, and you know what I liked to tie like doing this prep is, like we said, we watched last season like normal people. It wasn't as fun because we don't know who any of them are. And and genuinely, reading up on all these people, I 
found something to like or something compelling about all of them. So I, I almost feel like to enjoy Survivor, it, it is a little bit of required reading to like read up on the people before the show starts because now I feel at least a little bit invested or like I at least know one thing about all of these people, you know? <laughs> so is our advice to all the listeners, don't start podcasting because then once you become an expert in something, you can't have fun being a layperson anymore. <laughs> to be honest, I, I listen to enough sports podcasts where I start to think that is that is true. Like anytime people cover sports, it sounds like after a while they're like, I don't even like the sport anymore. I just am doing this. <laughs> so I don't know. That, that is a danger, I suppose. Um, let's give a recap, Ty. Why don't you uh, read through your team and I will read through mine. All right. So for me, my first pick was Chanel Howell. From there, I went to Jonathan Young, Roxbury Bailey, Jenny Kim, Drea, another name I can't remember exactly. Is it Wheeler? Wheeler, yeah. That is Wheeler. Sorry, the the font's really small because I'm looking at Taylor's list that he made. <laughs> oh, that's so much better. <laughs> Marianne O'Ketch, Swatty Goal, Mike Turner, and Lindsay Dolashwich. <laughs> Dolashwich. Dolashwich. I, I zoomed in for you. That really helps. All right. It did help. So my team... Daniel Strunk was my first overall pick, then Lydia Meredith, then Jackson Fox, then Tori Meehan, fifth, Hai Zhang, sixth, Zach Wurtenberger, seventh, Omar Zahir, eighth, Romeo Escobar, and last, Maria Sharon. So we'll see how our teams face off as the year goes. Me and Ty will uh, probably keep track of that on our own time, see how things are going, who's winning, who's losing. Uh, The other thing we should talk about, Ty, now that we've gone through each person, our listeners probably have their images up in front of them. We should mention that they have been divided. They have been divided into three tribes of six. Uh, do you want to talk about that? We can look at the tribes here. Yeah, we don't we don't know the exact um, theme or if there is a theme. They might just be playing Survivor nowadays, which we always said, just get back to Survivor. Don't do heroes versus <laughs> the, healers versus hustlers. The problem is the, the, other, <laughs> the other thing we meant by that was drop the twists. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, so uh, we got three tribes. We got the Vati tribe, the Taku tribe, and the Ika tribe. And so I'll just run through the Vati first. It's got Chanel, Daniel, Jenny, Hi, Lydia, and Mike. That's an interesting mix based off of who we picked because I believe Daniel, Hi, and Lydia are on my team. And Jenny, Chanel, and Mike are on your team. So... We gotta, we gotta hope the alliances line up with our teams there. Three versus three. That would be, that would be really funny if there's some deep psychology of I picked all these people that like would be friends <laughs> and you picked all these people that would be friends. That would somehow be very you funny. and I are still friends. <laughs> like <laughs> we're crossing tribal alliances, but they can't. But also Daniel and Chanel were the top two picks overall. So for them to be on the same tribe, potentially we want them to align so that our, we can look smart at the end. We'll see. Yeah. All right, so I'll take the second one. We got Taku. Taku, we have Jonathan, Marianne, Omar, Maria, Jackson, and Lindsay. For that one, I believe Jonathan, Marianne, and Lindsay all wound up on your team. <laughs> and Omar, Jackson, and Maria are on mine. So another 3-3 split, which I assume means the last one's also going to be a 3-3 split. So good job by us. How about that? 
Gosh, everyone thinks we just do this stuff randomly, but really there's a formula. We've plugged it in. It's a whole algorithm podcast that just prints out a script for us. Wild. That's crazy. That's just crazy. And uh, so the last tribe that we have is the Ika tribe, and that has Roxroy, Tori, Romeo, Swati, Zach, and Drea. Yeah, and here I have Tori, Romeo, and Zach. You have Roxroy, Swati, and Drea. So... Wow. We're going to have something. We're going to be invested in every moment of this show, Ty. We got three <laughs> versus three on each tribe. <laughs> Till we just have that one tribe that loses everything and they vote off my three people. <laughs> and then uh, I'm just like, okay, I don't care about the Taku tribe anymore. <laughs> wow. All right, cool. Well, there you have it. That's all 18 castaways. Season 42, no theme, just 42. I- I'm excited, though. I feel... Even if we weren't to release this, I would still feel more excited for this season just having done this than if we hadn't. So I hope it's a good one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I can say as of right now, I have that feeling of like, I'm all in. I'm ready. I want to see do it. what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm ready to watch a strenuously long two-hour season premiere on Wednesday yeah. the 9th because sometimes those double episodes can... Uh, can really wear on you but I'm, I'm excited for this season i'm excited um like we mentioned at the top of the show they filmed this one back to back with 41 so we might also have twist apocalypse again but i'm excited for this season and excited going forward again i hope that they can adjust and make things run smooth and make things you know the show that we love and i think i'll always love survivor for the nostalgia even if i don't love individual seasons yeah for sure. It's always it's always there. It's like Jeopardy at this point. You can kind of turn it on. You more or less know what you're going to get. It's just Survivor. It's there. So stay tuned. Like I said, we'll be back. Probably not after week one. Probably not after week two. But we'll check in a few times during the season to say hello, to talk Survivor, see how things are going, see how our teams pan out. But for now, we hope that you have a good preview of Survivor 42 and that you can watch along with us, maybe do some drafts with your friends and play along. If you, if you want a scoring system, I think, honestly, Ty, I think we came up with such a great one in college that I don't think I'll ever top it. Yeah, I don't think there's any need to change it. I think we adjusted maybe the last few rounds or, like, if you people make the top three. I think we adjusted that at one point, but I think we're in a pretty solid solid position right now. Yeah, for those wondering, and, and I'll double-check the numbers because it's been a while, but it's essentially we do the draft as we did, and then... If you're, if someone on your team wins a reward challenge, you get one point. If they win immunity, you get two. And if they make it to the final three, it was something like you get 10, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then if you, if they win, you get an additional 20. So the winner really gets 30, but everyone who makes the final three gets 10. And then the only other scoring mechanism, I believe, is when you make the merge, perhaps. Do you get a, do you remember if we did merge points? Yeah, I think at the merge you got two like five points, or maybe five. Like I can't remember. You you did get some points. Taylor's got it all on a Google <laughs> Doc somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the other element is that each week you are allotted ten points, which you are able to wager on who you believe will be voted out. So, for example, Ty could say, "I'm putting ten points on Lindsay being voted out," and if it happens, he would get ten points. But you're free to allot those points as you wish like three 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 one four three three whatever you know um 
So yeah, it's a scoring system that we've done a number of times and that really does work well because by the end of the season, it was always pretty close. So we'll see how it goes this season. We're going to try to do something similar and uh, see who comes out on top. Yeah. And that being said, I'm sure my team is superior and my team is going to dominate this season. And I'm just, I'm happy Survivor's back. Um, (laughs) Yeah. God, I love that our teams are split so evenly across tribes. Amazing. (laughs) It is amazing. And I think with the craziness of that everyone's experienced the last two years, my last two years were crazy. So um, we appreciate you if you're back. We appreciate you if you're new. It's been crazy for all of us, but I'm excited to get back into Survivor, you know, have a weekly ritual, make some bets, make some points, just just have fun with friends. That's really what it's all about at this point. So have fun with your friends. Invite them to watch Survivor if they've never watched Survivor. Yeah. So it's like they say, let's let's go and have fun out there, you know? <laughs> Just have some fun out there. So there you have it. On the Island, Season 42. We might have been gone, but you can't leave us behind. <laughs> <laughs> On the Island, we're here. I'm Taylor Gaines. He's Tyler Commons. Hope you enjoyed the preview and hope you enjoy the Survivor premiere. What's the date of it? March? Uh, March Second. 9th. 9th. March 9th. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I would March love 9th. March 2nd. March 9th. <laughs> March 9th, Survivor 42. Check it out. And uh, yeah, we will talk to you on the other side. Did we have a sign-off? Do you remember? Oh, God, I don't remember. I, I think it was just um, Ernest. Thanks for being our number one fan. And uh, we love you guys. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> If you wanna hear it here on the island, you gotta talk about the show. If you wanna live here on the island, are you gonna survive when you're gonna be a living a life on the island? And you're living a survivor on the island. I'm not good at making these things up. As well. <laughs> that is right.